0: Welcome everyone to Papa Spice's Hot Takes with Hans and Harry. How is everybody out there in internet land doing? We hope you are doing well. Uh, Hans, how you doing tonight, pal? I'm
1: doing good. Uh, for everyone in the Philadelphia area, we had some good news and good some good stuff over the weekend. Which is uh, Super Bowl. Eagles are going. I know your Chiefs are going. So, not mm-hmm. sure who you're rooting for. But, uh, it'll, be, it'll be interesting. But... Um, I know who I am, so it's it's Bird Gang all the way, as they saw it say, or whatever they're saying on Internet Land. Um, <laughs> it's a Philly thing. It's a Philly thing. I don't know where this stuff comes from, but uh, yeah, it's it's happening again, for second time in five years. So I am I am extremely excited. Not as excited as last time, but I mean that, the match, that excitement level was is is pretty uh, hard to beat. But yeah, we're there. It it's a couple couple about a week and a half and and we're uh, we're going to be watching it. Wish I was yeah, going. Great.
2: Tell us who you're chills, tell us who you're picking now. Come on, drop it for the pod.
0: Yeah, so for the listeners, I mean, I'm sure most of you guys know me, but for those that don't, I'm originally from Kansas City. So I have a vested interest in their success, you know. I I always root for my Chiefs. But Philly is also my adopted home. lived here for the past, you know, couple decades, and love Philly as well.
2: So very well, you happy. You've lived in, you for lived the in Jersey, so I don't know how how much that. Counts, uh, well,
0: okay, so uh, yeah, all right. Well, I lived in Philly for two decades, and Jersey for another decade. So
2: um, wait, how old are you?
0: Please, please, oh continue. God, don't even. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, it's it's a tough call. So. The Chiefs and the Eagles play each other once every 3 years and I rotate who I root for and what jerseys I wear um just to kind of keep things even but for the Super Bowl it's it's tough I'm not going to reveal who I am rooting for uh, but there's definitely there is one team that I I I think I'm leaning towards um we could talk about that all off air but uh but yeah I just sorry. uh no spoilers I, for the pod yeah, no spoilers. Uh but yeah, I'm I'm just super happy for both teams. Love the teams, love the fans, love the quarterbacks, love the coaches, love it all, baby. And the Kelsey boys, happy we're getting the Kelsey bowl. So uh yeah, and um anything else going on, Hands?
1: No, that that's been my excitement lately. Um <laughs> watched a couple couple movies, uh getting caught up on some T V shows. So yeah i'm just you know excited to be talking again with you guys
0: good good stuff uh for me i uh just announced um i have two goals for the new year when it comes yeah this is exciting movie movie related stuff so uh i had already told you guys i i plan on watching a movie a day for this year so 365 movies um although i'm actually ahead of the game right now uh As of today, we're 31 days in, and I'm at 40 movies watched, so going going full steam ahead. But that's just the first goal. The second goal, which I just kind of put on myself um, this weekend, was I want to watch a movie from every country in the world. Um, Hmm. Now, I've already seen movies from 35 countries, so I'm not going to do those. But for the remainder of the year, I am going to round out the other uh, 160 countries i believe there's 195 countries but it's actually like 193 if you don't count the uh vatican and the state of palestine so i don't know i'll try and Hmm. watch a movie from the vatican i don't know if they have one (laughs) but uh and i assume they have
1: like a fast and furious equivalent the vatican
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes there has to be um yeah with the pope mobile souped out pope mobile going to space oh, uh yep. but yeah no i'm uh i'm i'm all in full steam ahead for that so i've got ambitious plans for the world of uh, cinema watching this year and it was just kind of something i'm like you know what let's see if i'm let's see if i'm up to the challenge
2: uh hey how you wow. doing buddy well, uh, I'm not doing as good as you. I haven't hit uh, 40 movies so far yet this year. Uh, I'm really gonna have to stop being the film guy. I think I think I'm gonna have to pass the torch and uh, to you. And uh, or you're, and hear me out.
0: Just step it up. We could share
2: it. Step it up. Iron oh, okay. sharpens iron, uh, my guy. I thought we could share, but I guess that's uh, <laughs> beneath you. Um, only the there strong survive. In uh, yeah, only the strong survive <laughs> in Greg's world. Um, no, that's super exciting I'm, I'm super happy for you I'm, I'm excited to see um, you know how this tracks all year for you and you know finding some interesting gems because uh, there are some mm-hmm. good stuff in throughout the world I always you know I think uh, heavily inspired by letterbox stats where you can kind of see where you've seen movies from um, that's always exciting for me um, but yeah also excited for the birds obviously I'll be with hands uh, holding hand in hand uh, in our uh, love for the eagles to win and then uh we'll see how that goes for you maybe you'll join us Ooh. maybe you won't uh maybe you'll be on the opposing side hands what are you gonna say we've we've made no plan job well i know but i mean <laughs> listen we you know in whether we're together we're we're still holding hands um yes, metaphorically but, holding
1: hands but, <laughs> virtually yeah <laughs>
2: yeah exactly but for me uh one exciting thing that happened since the last time we potted was the oscar nominations um, mm. so that's, that's kind of, uh, kept me up at night, um, trying to make sure I get everything in because as much as we talk film here, uh, on this pod and as much as I talk about it in uh, real life, I think I only have six of the 10, uh, best picture noms, uh, filed away. I think I got that up to seven, uh, just the other day by seeing triangle of sadness, Um, but I kind of wanted to touch base on them and just to see what you guys are, are, um, you know, happy for. Um, if there's any films that you guys have already seen this year, Uh, I think I know Chris's answer on this, but we'll see. Um, and a film that you're excited to see. Um, or you know maybe you're just intrigued by because there was one that I was intrigued by and um, I'll kind of run through it really quick. So the best picture uh, nominated films are Everything Everywhere All at Once that has a total in leads with eleven nominations, um, Banshees of Assurance, which has nine nominations, a lot of them for acting as well. Uh, there in a in a well acted film, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front which um, I think was uh, kind of a late comer um, has nine nominations. That's on Netflix um elvis which has eight noms which i think is on hbo max if you wanted to check it out uh fablemans with seven nominations steven spielberg's film uh tar uh has six nominations that's the uh keep movie for uh you non-film heads out there uh top gun with with six nominations avatar way of water uh triangle of sadness and women talking i I think you
0: mispronounced that it's avatar
2: oh avatar yeah it's
0: it's part two to tar (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot. I didn't. Uh, I'll make a note of that. Put the little. Uh, I don't know what goes on top of that R, but uh, I'll throw that little little hyphen looking thing on top of it. But uh, yeah, those are our ten movies. Um, I mean, I'm really happy to see that everything, everywhere, all at once um, led the way. Um, you know, as much as I, I love Top Gun, Avatar, um, I was really excited to see a film that came out many moons ago, uh, almost a year ago. Um, you know, as we push into February here. Uh, of 2023 um so i was really happy and excited to see that get a lot of love uh this award season and you know i know when we did our anticipated for last year greg had mentioned he was excited for elvis and i'm pretty sure i trashed it um and so uh, but it got eight nominations so i think i have to see it at this point um i'm not excited but i'm intrigued and i'm excited to check it out and see what all the uh, hype is about and from what i hear it's a lot of austin butler carrying um but uh you know we'll see um the only films i still have to see are the fable um elvis uh off of uh and all quiet on the western front are the best pictures so seven out of ten for me uh, in regards to that so papa what about you what uh you know as, as mr 365 this year um any of these you got to check off your list
0: well, yeah, so it's kind of already served me well because I was shocked to see that not only had I seen so many of the best pictures already, because normally yeah. I'm at about five, but that I was actually ahead of you and Sean, our buddy Sean, mm. uh, who I, I consider you two the film guys. You'll always Aww, be the film guys thanks. in my heart. Um, But yeah, so uh, I was at seven. Thanos over and there. And then – I saw uh, all quiet on the Western front. um, I think last week, (laughs) the days run together when you're doing a movie a day. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, so I still have triangle of sadness and women talking um, to watch. I'll be honest. I know next to nothing about women talking just a little bit of Mm. uh, what our friend Jess has said. It's a good one. Uh, It's a good one. And triangle of sadness. um, I don't know a ton about, but uh, it, the marketing campaign and the cast have really caught my eye. Um, so I'm kind of down. It's just, uh, I believe it correct me if I'm wrong. It's, it's kind of a drama slash comedy, right?
2: Uh, so the director of that, Ruben, Ruben Oslin, he's kind of a, a unique character. He made this film called The Square, which, uh, either rubs you the wrong way or you find, like you said, comedy slash dr- drama mixed in together there of, uh, uh, that but uh I, re- I just saw triangle of sadness i really loved it um it, it kind of stuck with me in a way um as as his films tend to do with certain scenes uh but yeah this one uh i was happy to see you get a nomination i think he's up for best director as well and it's up for international features so that and all quiet and the rest in front are the uh the two front runners i think for best uh best international too so mm. obviously being so, best picture noms.
0: so my point was uh with triangle of sadness I, I i was led to believe or at least my my impression is that there's some comedy um yeah and it's there like, is it's Most a two time. and a half hour movie so yeah. it's like that's a bit hefty for a comedy yeah. or at least a movie with comedy leanings um that said out of the films that i have yet to see i'm definitely more intrigued by that than women talking but i'm excited to uh to see them both um, as far as movies that i was happy to see get noms um definitely everything everywhere all at once i know like i i was concerned with its with it being released so early in the year that it might not even get any love yeah and here it is getting almost overloaded with love i will say the one the one um contentious spot i have with that is for uh best supporting actress as happy as i am for jamie lee curtis to receive her first nom Mm -hmm. i don't think i don't know that her performance in that role was enough where i would nominate her for that uh that award and um i don't know i just i i would have to sit and think about who who else i would put instead of jamie lee but uh yeah. But you know, I'm I'm happy for her. Um I definitely feel yeah. though of of the two nominees from that film, her and Stephanie Shu. Stephanie Shu uh way up. Um, yeah. so so yeah, happy to see everything everywhere get some love. And the only thing that really like took me aback as far as like surprises was uh Avatar 2 getting nominated for Best Picture. I just I don't get it. I mean <laughs> is it a technical feat? Sure, but yeah. so was Top Gun: Maverick, and Top Gun: Maverick was a better film. So, yeah, I, I don't know.
2: I think, I think there also could have been the case of like Black Panther two, you know, snagging a spot here um, if it had. I don't want to say if it was more critically received well, um, but I think, I think you know, this is the thing of having ten is you have the ability to have a nice mixture of some you know films that uh are high box office um as well as you know high art house uh for it so right but i would put i would put top gun in that
0: high box office versus yeah. avatar you know what i mean fair like, enough yeah i mean you look we did the avatar pod i know you, know you uh you yeah. liked top gun maverick better would you say it's I a did. better film overall
2: 100 percent. yeah i i would okay. i would but um yeah, I don't know. I mean, it is a, it is a strange one, um, but, you know, I think, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what would be my 11th pick. Uh, probably Babylon. Uh, I would rather see Babylon over uh, Avatar Way of Water, but that's because I'm a I'm a Babylon head. So, um, you know, well, it's on VOD now, so I can't wait for Greg to, uh, for you to rent it, Greg, and then for it to and drop on the it. streamer a week later. According. And to hate it. Yeah. Oh I'm, my I'm God, dude.
0: So. I was so bitter when you told me about Tar and then again <laughs> later on. For those that don't know, I have the misfortune and, and hands. I am so sorry. We, we'll get to you in one sec. But uh, every time I want to watch a movie, especially one that's in theaters or getting like a lot of buzz, I'm like, you know what? Let me just front the, the cost to rent it because that's probably what I would pay for a ticket to the theater anyway, sometimes yeah. a little cheaper. Shell out the money for tar last week, paid seven bucks. Guess what? The next day at work, Harry tells me, Oh, it's gonna be on Peacock on Friday, two (laughs) days later. Awesome. Good for me. And the same thing happened with like Uh, everything everywhere all at once. Same thing definitely happened with uh Elvis. It's just uh I can't win. So before I make any rash decisions with renting films, I'm definitely gonna have to 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 see. Yeah. yeah i'm like yeah what's what's good with the streamings because this is dropping in like one day i'm not paying
1: <laughs> <laughs> that happens so, to me with anyway. like, that happens to me with like video games whenever i like buy something at full price and then like four yeah. days later it goes on sale. So like I, I swear playstation like doesn't put the same games on sale for everyone so it just like whatever on your account so i'll buy something and then it just three days later it's on sale for like half off so i'm like
0: and it's great. got the dlc
1: <laughs> yeah, great. My is great. So, yeah. But now, well, I, hands. I,
0: oh, yeah, yeah, what, uh, what
1: are your thoughts on the Oscars? Uh I I've shared my thoughts overall on the Oscars <laughs> with with you guys uh offline, but uh I mean in terms I'm actually a few movies that I've only seen two movies out of the um the best picture nominees. Um which was Top Gun uh, Av- and oh no, I'm sorry, 3, Avatar and Banshees of Inisherin. Um, I was happy Top Gun was nominated only because that is not – I feel like in the past that this, this would not be the type of movie that would get nominated. Um, so I don't know if I, – I, it genuinely is a good movie. But I hope this kind of sheds a little more light on blockbusters and maybe do like a blockbuster category. Um, or like in most – I don't know how to like kind of loop that in. But then like <laughs> Harry, with your with your group of saying like Black Panther, like I think there are – are, like I think it's a it's a really high mountain to climb for a blockbuster movie to get nominated for Best Picture. Um, I mm. mean, like look at like you can make the I could make the uh, argument that Infinity War should have been nominated, and that was like critically yeah. acclaimed, and, and that was a, a broke a million records. Um, I think Top Gun is the first blockbuster outside of like Avatar, or, like Titanic, or the like like that I remember that was like nominated for Best Picture. And I just think it's I, I just think maybe they can give a little more love to those, but I mean we do also do have like Critics Choice Award. Or, I mean like People's Choice Awards and all those littler award shows. But yeah. I don't know. I, I would lo- I, I think that's I think it's a good sign for like those big movies that like not are like are genuinely good movies, but they're also like they also make a huge profit um and like a huge return to box office. So I'm um, I from that end, like, I'm glad that that it, it did get recognized because I I think five ten years ago this wouldn't have been nominated at all it's just been the highest grossing movie until Avatar came along. Um, yeah, Avatar. I, I should it have been nominated? I, I, it's it's tough. It was my favorite movie of the year, um, outside of Bullet Train, but um, outside of the Batman too. Outside of the Batman and Bullet Train. Um, no, I, I've said that. I said on our Avatar I thing know, that yeah. I think this beat the Batman. Um, I, I you know. Good for Avatar. It's still good breaking records, and it's going to yeah. keep doing it until Ant Man comes out. Um, but yeah, I mean, like with those two, I mean, I w- I really want to see everything everywhere all at once. Um, it was on Amazon for um, like Amazon Prime for a while, and then they took it off. And now, if I want to watch it, I have to pay like twenty. Yeah, bucks.
2: it's back in it's back in theaters now. So
1: I think it's also on Tubi, uh, which is free, but then they run ads. So. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, I, I, if that's the case, then yeah, because I had to watch um, one <laughs> of the movies we we're talking about had an ad right in the middle of it uh, on Hulu. So I, that's fine if it's going to save me some money. That's all right. Or I can go to Redbox and get it for like two bucks. Um, but I I uh, I missed it when I was on Amazon for free. Um, but outside of that, I really want to watch that. I'm happy for it. I'm happy for um for um I I cannot think of his name. Key, can you guys uh, help me out. Key uh, Hoikwan. Ki Kwan. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very happy for him. I'm glad that he's getting recognition that he that he deserved, like with the the Golden Globes and some of the other um, awards that were going on through this season. Um, I think he's he went from an underdog to probably the favorite to win Best Supporting Actor, um, uh, probably. And even like Michelle Yeoh, I'm glad she got recognized. Like I'm glad that I'm glad that you know there that these are all actors who are. You know that had been around for a long time, or I mean, even Kwai Kwan where well, he was not around for thirty years, and he made a, a insane comeback. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, out of the movies that I haven't seen, I, I I am gonna make a huge effort to watch as many of these as possible um, because a lot of them have kind of piqued my interest over the f- past few months. Um, but everything, everything, everywhere at once has been like number one on my on my list for a while. I just haven't watched yet. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I mean. I think that's probably the most excited i um, to watch. But in terms of what I'm happy for, Top Gun and and I think Tom Cruise might might have should have gotten a nomination too. But you know he didn't. Uh, tough field. Austin you know Baldwin had, I had just... to get it. Just watch Elvis <laughs> on the toilet.
0: Um, he definitely, you know, Harry mentioned doing some heavy lifting. He definitely does the heavy lifting in that movie. Uh, I also, I just want to circle back and. I was, for some reason, I was getting my categories mixed up. Top Gun was nominated for Best Picture. So I don't know why I was saying that should have had Avatar's place because it is in the Best Picture race. Uh, Right. But instead of Avatar, yeah, yeah, like there, I don't know. Black Panther was definitely great. Uh, Decision to Leave, another fantastic film.
2: Like, yeah. Uh, that didn't get any real, any love at the uh, Oscars for the most part. I was upset about that because that was one of my favorites out of the festival, uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Park Chan-wook, I think, uh, director for that, for the folks at home. Yes.
0: So, so yeah, I mean, there's there was definitely alternatives in terms uh, of, like, really good films.
2: Yeah, I'd even make the case of uh, the Batman mm-hmm. over uh, Avatar Way of Water for uh, the uh, – the the avatar way of water best picture nom so that would be that would be a case that I I I you could make to me uh, in regards to it.
1: Are we are we getting that like best moment or whatever that we got? Oh, like, uh, uh, I hope not. Is I that happening here? I might throw <laughs> up.
0: Hold, hold on, let me let me mute myself while I go throw up. Like
1: because I yeah <laughs> no with, way uh, the Zack Snyder movies or whatever being being winning those two dumb awards. Yeah, I don't know. Well, now it'll be Batman bots. Probably. I hope I'm fine with that. (laughs) Uh,
0: All right. Well, let's move on from our Oscars talk to the main topic. Uh, The the main main event. That's right. The main topic for this week is never have I ever seen. Yay. Uh, And um, when last we left off, uh, I believe, Hans, you were the last one to do it. Uh, so I am up and you guys picked some doozies for me. Um, it's already in the show description, but, uh, do you guys want to say what movies you picked?
1: Yeah. So I, I first one I picked was, um, a movie I've talked about a few times. Uh, it's, I, I have gone back. It is definitely my top two of favorite movies and it bounces back and forth with another one. Um, I picked the assassination of Jesse James by the coward, Robert Ford. Um, which should be, should have been nominated for the longest title in a movie ever, but um, that's what it is. So yeah, that's that's what I picked. what would you go with? Yeah.
2: So mine. Um. It listen. It's tough with Mister Three Sixty Five over here. Uh, we we end up <laughs> to start calling you Pitbull, To be honest, Greg. Um, so, it's worldwide. Yeah. All right.
1: We should have, um, we should have picked something like really off the wall, like The Mask Two. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I, <laughs> I, I have not a, seen
2: that. Ah. Uh, I picked, uh, I picked memories of murder, uh, from 2003, uh, directed by, by the, uh, the goat, uh, Bong Joon-ho. Um, it, it's about a, uh, in a small Korean Providence in 1986, two detectives struggle with the case of multiple young women being found, um, you know, murdered and assaulted, uh, by an unknown culprit. So yeah, when you talk about doozies, um, you know, and we talk about assassination um, for Hans's topic. Uh, yeah, they're they're not uh, they're not laid-hearted ones. I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll yeah, have we to went, rethink that going we forward. We went dark.
1: We went dark this
0: episode.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, you guys did. But you know what? It's it's okay. I yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I flirt with the darkness.
1: There you go. So in one of them and one of the instances you went very dark, like literally, um, in, in, for one of the movies. <laughs> yes, that is that
0: is accurate uh well let's start off with um memories of a murder uh you know as harry mentioned and thank you for the synopsis there um this was directed by bong Ho um i uh i enjoyed it uh all right that's it all right moving on now 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 the assassination
1: of jesse james
0: Uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly now uh, you know it uh for me it was memories was another great film from uh bong uh director bong i've only uh Seen this and Parasite from him, but uh, mm. um, I thought it was very interesting. Um, I loved the quirkiness that Bong instilled in the characters in this. Uh, it, it almost reminded me of characters from like the Coens movies, um, though maybe just a hair less comedic. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> but it, you know, they they had hmm. I mean, obviously there were, there was some very serious stuff going on, but there was kind of an underlying, uh, I don't want to say dark humor because it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily dark humor. It it was just straight up humor, but, uh, but I don't know. Yeah, I I guess maybe the best way to convey this is that it, it's almost kind of realistic. Like there can be heavy stuff going on, uh, in the world, but. You know, you can still find moments of levity with friends or coworkers, and that's kind of what happens in this movie. Um, but the 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 main characters, the uh, officers, the three officers, um, definitely have distinct personalities and um, very uh, very interesting. Uh i thought the movie kind of was reminiscent of zodiac um i guess you know there's some similarities there in that um these were about you know unsolved murders from a serial killer and um you know the story plays out over years trying to track the perpetrator down yeah Uh, so i guess it it makes sense in that regard um uh as far as like a correlation, but um but yeah just uh it kind of brought that to the forefront you know even though Fincher and Bong have uh definitely distinct styles um there was just I found that there was a little bit of overlap and and maybe that's because of the story. Um I thought the performances were fantastic particularly by Song Kang ho who was Detective Park Uh, Kim Sang-kyung, who was Detective So, and Park no Sheik, who was uh, Bayek. Um, Very, very good performances. Uh, I especially liked the interplay um, and kind of the different methodologies between uh, Detective Park and Detective So, Um, and I think that you know, because they were so distinct and and uh, and different, they were able to kind of play off each other and you know oppose each other uh, prior to to working together. But really, really great performances and uh, Bayek, who we'll get into later, <laughs> uh, has a not so nice fate. Um, but uh, but the actor that played him, Park Noshik, uh just really really good, very um, very kind of nuanced performance uh one thing though that i um and and this will conclude my initial thoughts but one thing that uh was a little difficult for me was it's tough rooting for guys that are brutalizing suspects and attempting to coerce confessions um you know i i brought this up in a couple different movie reviews uh on letterboxd but like when there is a protagonist generally speaking um or or protagonists i i want somebody to root for right and these cops are not great cops um you know yes they they do have distinct personalities like i said yes there's some some quirkiness and there are moments of levity and stuff but like some of the methods that um these characters are going to uh, especially detective cho and detective park less so detective so uh, yeah. un- until more towards the end but uh but cho and park um i mean they're just they're flat out drop kicking suspects and and beating them and torturing them leaving them up on- for days on end they're leading them to confessions like it's um it's pretty rotten and and i understand yeah. that you know they're kind of behind the gun and they want to get the serial killer caught, but they're – I don't know. I There were times where when they were doing this to some of the suspects, I thought – or I felt, I should say, that they knew that these suspects weren't necessarily the actual perpetrator and they were still kind of leading them on just to get the case closed. Yeah. Um, now, I don't, I don't know if that – is an accurate reading, but that's, that's kind of the way I felt, uh, based on that. So anyway, kind of circling back to my point, it's just, you know, when you have main characters that are kind of, uh, dastardly in, in that regard, um, it's tough to, to root for them. And, uh, it's like, okay, you know, like, so this is, I want these guys to prevail, but they're going to these methods and, uh, It's not something I can get behind. So that does take a little enjoyment away from the movie uh, for me Um, in this case, in this particular movie, not as much uh, because I found the story so fascinating, but in other films where there are similar circumstances, um, it definitely, uh, it definitely holds some weight. So, um, anyway those are just my initial thoughts on uh memories um you know I'll, I'll circle back in a bit but uh um hans how about you do you have any uh any
1: initial thoughts on on this movie yeah so this this was the first time i saw this this is the again this is the second movie from um from bong Jun ho that i've seen the other one being mm-hmm. snow which um actually i prefer snurp snurpiercer um snowpiercer <laughs> over um over this uh snowpiercer is a great movie it actually um well i think having bong's name on that uh it, it you know drove me to want to watch this uh, i know i i've been wanting to watch parasite and um the host i believe he did the host I've, i want mm-hmm, to watch both yeah. of those i just haven't yet um and okja um, I, there's a lot of mm. movies like that I've heard good things about. Um, but as this being my second one, I haven't watched a Snowpiercer movie in years. So, um, probably since it came out in theaters, um, this, I, I, I thought, Greg, I have a little like I just to bounce off your note with like some of the things that they were doing. Like this movie felt like a Three Stooges meets like a dark thriller with the way they're slapping everyone. Like they're like knocking people on the head and hitting them with stuff, and it just was very like goofy where someone would do something dumb and they're just like slapping them like it's like it's nothing. Um, there's people that are drop kicking people from off screen, on screen, out of nowhere. I I cackled at a couple parts of this movie when I shouldn't have because no one does that. No one drop kicks a suspect and and just automatically that's their first reaction. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there were some, to go along your point of, there are some... <sighs> I would. I don't know if I'd classify it as dark humor, but there is humor in some of these. In some of these instances, um, in terms of the cast, I think there's there's a lot of good chemistry between everyone in here. Um, you know, there's there's some mystery involved, especially with um, with so where he just. I'll get to him in a little bit. Where he kind of just came out of nowhere as a new detective, which I uh, you know I kind of thought it. He might have been a, a prime suspect at one point during the movie, um, and but even I think it, even that scene, there was a little humor in which he you know him down the hill. A case
0: of mistaken identity.
1: Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, that's another. He drop kicked him right in the middle of the hill and just not and started beating him up. I'm like, Curry ah, is <laughs> wild. Like with their their police departments, wild. Um, but you know, in terms of I, I I didn't I thought it was a good movie. I didn't think it was like I didn't think it was great. I thought as I was watching it, I just kind of felt like it's just like, yeah, it's these guys trying to solve a case. But Greg, I felt the same way you did with some of the um, some of the instances where they're like torturing these people to get them to confess, and like they get by to almost move by move con- confess to the case where it turns out you know he, they they figure out that he wasn't there. Um, you later find out he was a witness to what happened um but they're like they're hard these are horrible people like this this guy he wasn't in the right mindset and they're torturing him in the middle of the woods trying to get him to to confess um i think that as the story went on you know that it, it kind of got to a more desperation standpoint especially with like so being he was the more of a moral character the moral character or moral compass of the investigation And you can see him kind of breaking towards the end once they get, um, they get the last suspect. Um, I, I, I think that the way this carries out, it's very different to see how, and I don't know the accuracy and especially in like 1986 of how the Korea's police department and their investigative units were compared to like what we're used to seeing in like America with some of the, you know, some of the. Um, technology that we have that like even they call back and it's 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 very um this is a very like definitely uh, i would compare this movie to like kind of like a boston crime thriller where like you don't really go by what you don't really go by um like facts you go by basically what you hear on the streets where like everyone knows each other and it's very like they're solving crimes by going to to locals and trying to figure out like certain things about that where you know they don't have the technology to run dna all the time and and you know they're they're basing it on having to break down like looking at like what the serial killer is like the serial killer of their tech, techniques of like the same song and when it's raining and the person's wearing red um i i thought it, it came together nice uh i will dig into it probably a little more once the movie kind of got towards the end I was, my interest was, was peaking, but at the same time, once the movie ended, I kind of felt disappointed. Um, and again, since we're just doing initial right now, once we kind of dig a little further into the plot, um, I kind of felt I, I stopped the movie and I'm like, okay, like that was it. Like it it just, I didn't feel like it was, I think the ending kind of killed it a little bit for me. Um, but to get there, I thought there was, there's a lot of interesting scenes in this movie where you think it's going one way and it goes a completely another one. Like, and there's a scene in the woods with uh, a suspect that they end up chasing, which that chase scene was, was unreal. Like, I don't even say unreal. It was very like, how did they not catch this guy? Like these are three cops and this guy got like that. He got the, the, the mo- the step on them all the way to change his clothes in the, in the middle of a quarry. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll probably touch on that, but, I thought that the whole time
0: was, I was I was screaming mentally like there's three of you
1: do not lose that <laughs> guy right and what did they do they lost them and then they had to like right. go they had to go underwear hunting to figure out which one was which <laughs> um I, I I just there were parts of this movie where as in the beginning the first half hour it took me a little bit to get into it and then you know and then I, I kind of my interest got like peaked towards maybe 45 minutes left maybe half hour. And then I kind of dropped off. But, um, again, those are my initials. Hair, you picked this, you must love it or you hated it and wanted us to just kind of look to just <laughs> wow. watch an okay movie. I would never. let us know. Well,
2: um, unlike you guys, um, I've seen more Bong Jun ho movies. Um, uh, I've seen the host, uh, Snowpiercer, Oakjaw, Parasite, and uh, and this. So I haven't seen all of his movies, but um, I'm working on the catalog, and uh, I know he has another movie coming out. Uh, I think it's called like Mickey 18 or something, 17, with uh, with Robert Pattinson, which uh, can only be greatness. Um, and I think it's like sci-fi. Uh, so looking looking forward to that one. Um, yeah. So when I first. Um, this movie first became available because it was really hard to see until uh, Neon helped out. Um, the The production studio of Neon uh, helped get this movie out on Blu-ray. Um, and that was off of the success, I think, of Parasite um, and enabling that to become more widely available because it was kind of one of those cult movies that – Uh, you have trouble seeing so um, also Criterion did a release and you know whenever that happens I gotta be there um, to to buy it Uh, so um, you know some of the stuff you guys are talking about um, I find interesting in regards to um, you know because this this type of movie is like right up my wheelhouse Um, I, uh, I really love you know murder mysteries crime mysteries but I don't like true crime I kind of enjoy um, well done, you know, uh crime, I guess in a way. I don't I don't know. Uh, you know, high high level. Um and I think I think Bong is is a master. Um and you know, there were there was some trivia on this movie that, you know, when, when Bong first wanted to write the script for this, for the first six months he didn't write write any uh anything for the script. He just did research on this. Um, you know, and you guys are kind of talking about, you know, the town and, you know, what kind of place they're in. I look at this as you know this is you know they have to bring in a you know the cop from the big city you know the the place where this is taking place is a, I feel a small town um and so the the desperation to get this you know solved quickly um, wrapped up you know i kind of i kind of get it from their perspective and i think um you know detective park played by song K, song K. Ho, um like he isn't a great cop um i mean i think that's kind of you know, from the start of the movie, you know, when, when so shows up detective. So you kind of get like, Oh, this is a guy who actually knows how to handle this. And that's why they bring him in, um, where these other cops, you know, are probably, you know, the spotlight isn't on them all the time. And now you have, you know, um, you know, the spotlight on you and it's like, how are you going to proceed? And even the, um, uh, the main, I don't want to call him the commissioner, but like the main boss is like, guys, like, don't screw this up, do this by the book, you know, get this done. Um, so I, I feel like I got that from the jump in regards to it. So, um, you know, and, and just like you guys are talking about their different styles, you know, um, you know, you have the, the old veteran, but you know, him and um, I forget the other detectives name, Cho. I think it is. Um, both of them like kind of go along with each other's stuff, but they're not, they're not great detectives and they're just trying to solve this case by any means necessary. Um, and they're, using they're shoddy good cop, police bad skills. Cop. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're kind of using like shoddy police skills in order to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's not dissimilar to, um, you know, if you watch a movie, I think from like the sixties or seventies and you watch these, you know, uh, small town cop movies you know and it's like how do they do it over there and it's like well they they don't use all the big city methods so um you know i think there there is some things to be said with that in regards to it um they
1: use shoe covers when they're beating you up in a in a a interrogation
2: yeah so i mean you know use what you can right so i i the thing for me is is like I idea I wasn't rooting for them to s- like I'm rooting for them obviously to solve, you know, and get it right. Um, and the methods of the way they got there obviously are wrong, but they, you know, that's where so comes in and kind of shows them. I don't want to say a different way because they still revert back to some of the things. Um, but I I was I was rooting more for the solving of the crime as opposed to looking at it as protagonists you know, these are the cops I need to like, you know, no, I just need these guys to figure out who it is. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I agree with the fantastic performances. Um, I'm of the mindset. I don't think we get a film, you know, because I know how highly regarded Zodiac is. Um, I don't think we get Zodiac without this film. um, To be honest, Uh, I don't think that happens um, because I think Zodiac takes a lot. um, You know, I'm not saying Fincher couldn't have made a great movie, but I think there's a lot of nods. Um two memories of murder. Um and uh yeah, you a great point with the Coens uh, there. I Bong usually has that with his movies, I think, Greg, where he adds an element of uh quirkiness or levity. Um and that that's what I think I enjoy about his movie so much, in a way. It's you know, the fact that in the toughest of times or the harshest of realities, you know, I think about you know, own my own personal stuff or when personal things happen, you know, humor sometimes is a defense mechanism for me. Um, and it can help, you know, get you through things. So, you know, I think that's part of the, you know, I don't listen. Do I think cops were drop kicking people every, you know, five minutes in a uh, interrogation? No, but I think it brings a sense of humor um, to the the madness behind their, their methods to try and get it done. And there's kind of an, an ode to justice later in the movie Um, that we can touch on with, uh, especially with Cho, uh, in regards to that. So, um, yeah, this is, this is, this is, uh, you know, I, I won't spoil it, but this is, this is one of my, uh, one of my favorite films. Um, and yeah, it really feels like it takes place in 1986. I know it's shot like 17 years later. Um, but I think the style and like I said, one of the things that I, I was also obsessed with this and I'll toss it back to you, Greg, to get more into the film, is I'm a huge fan and the more I watch movies, you know, from not, you know, the, you know, recent like five or 10 years of just films feeling like they're in a place, um, you know, in a real setting. And listen, um, you know, I don't think you can watch this film and not think that they're shooting in a quarry or shooting in the fields or shooting in the woods um or in parts of town um you know especially during that chase scene when they're running through town and through people's neighborhoods uh it's just i'm obsessed with it in in watching films of that as opposed to launching up another you know uh one of our one of our favorites uh morbius or moonfall uh cgi fest um and so like i think there's there's points for me where you know, when you know, you're you're shooting a film that just, you know, and, and like I said, in the script too of just how real this feels of you know, you could be watching a biography, um, you know, uh about this as opposed to the actual film. But uh yeah, this is this is something that's right in my wheelhouse. So and I was happy to hear Greg didn't watch it and uh neither did you, Hans, so that way I could nominate it. So uh that was the method behind that madness.
1: Yeah. It's not exactly in my Q zone, but I'm glad it's in yours. Thanks.
0: Um, you know, you, you mentioned, uh, uh, being transported and that's, that's something that I love with movies as well. And yeah, this definitely, this definitely feels like it takes place during the eighties. And one of the things I love is location shooting. Like I cannot, I cannot say enough, like how much I love when places shoot on location yeah, practical effects, like all that good stuff. So it's nice that, um you know, this these weren't just sets that, you know, we, they were out in fields. And yeah,
2: and we'll so, we'll, on have so to, forth. we'll have to check in with you next year, Greg. But I do love a movie when I don't know that part of the world. I've never been mm-hmm. uh, to Asia. I've never been to Korea. Um, so I don't really know that uh, part of the world other than stuff you learn in history classes and you know watching you know films or tv shows so um the more i get to see of a place and kind of you know just feel as though oh you know this is this is the road everyone takes to get into town or this is the road everyone takes to get home everybody has just having a a feel of a place um just you know engrosses me that much more uh on this so yeah one could not agree more um so looping
0: back into the story, uh, we had a very surprising uh, death scene. Uh, by death. Mm. Um, when that happened, my jaw literally dropped. Uh, I thought for sure. Um, I think it was Park that was chasing him. Uh, I thought for sure Park was going to catch up to him and you know tackle him off the yeah. the, the tracks in time or you know, maybe Bayek was gonna move, but uh nope, stood right there in front of the oncoming train sure. and the poor kid was deceased. Um so yeah, that was a it was a very shocking moment and uh it definitely um because I don't wanna I don't wanna make it sound like the the movie was not serious leading up to this. It is it's a very heavy subject matter. Yeah. Uh involving some some really brutal crimes but um you don't actually see the crimes take place you just kind of you know see the aftermath uh but you know watching someone get killed in this manner was just very uh kind of shocking and um uh tragic uh um, yeah especially it's- given his character
2: yeah. And especially how, like you were saying, like how he got there, like all the stuff he mm-hmm. had to go through for then to have this kind of tragic ending, you know, he's suspected, you know, and they obviously do their tactics, which are brutal and horrible. Right. Um, then let go, then brought back in for questioning because he actually, you know, couldn't react, but saw what happened. And then, yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's uh <laughs> that was the other side of the coin too where it's like not only is this a tragic and senseless death but he was like the best lead that they had up until this moment like yeah. they just figured out he was a witness to this. Yeah. They were about to, you know, see what information they could get from him and boom, that uh that lead goes up in smoke. So it was kind of a a twofold um, hurt
1: piece <laughs> as it were. Yeah, um, got those Nike scuffed up. Yeah, I think you mean <sighs> the Nices. <laughs> the nices. yeah, nices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but. Yeah, yeah. Those <laughs> poor kid. Jeez. Didn't even get a chance to enjoy his. his yeah. new, I know I uh, could have uh, took him to long. the bas-
1: basketball court or something and, and, and tried him out, but nope. I know. Got, treat, got the midnight train instead. Yeah.
0: Um, Kind of, uh, you know, discussing what you had mentioned,
1: Hair, about, um,
0: Cho and his, his, uh, irony is, uh, you know, he, before, uh, Bayek's demise, uh, he actually attacked Cho because Cho was drunken going on a rampage in the bar. And, uh, um, Bayek, uh, hit him with a, uh, like a piece of wood with a rusted nail on it. And, mm. um, you know, for a guy that seemed to take pleasure in drop kicking, uh, people left and right and kicking them while they're down. Um, he ended up needing to have his leg amputated or part of it anyway. So that was some interesting irony there. Um, and really, I mean, I know that's towards the end of the movie, but Cho kind of drops out after that point. Like he's, He's less of a focus, so I don't know I don't know kind of what becomes of him with the the police force, but uh they they kind of shy away from him and, and just focus more on Park and uh and so working together, which, you know, is is whatever I guess. Yeah.
2: Um and there's also sorry, I know we just talked mm-hmm. about it, but by by sure. death is like kind of you know, a cruel justice of this is the person who can help, but because of the way we treated him prior, you know, we've now ruined that as well. So it's just, you know, and and the way that uh, Cho goes about like his tactics, he's now, you know, and not, not on purpose, but he's now because of the way he reacts. That's the way Bayek reacts to him of just like, yeah, the reason why I had to hit you was because, you know, I'm scared of you. And now you're going to lose your leg, which, you know, will hopefully teach you a better, a better way. But like you said, we don't really get his story. So, yeah. Um, some, um,
0: yeah. Oh, so, so moving on to the ending of the film, um, I really, I i enjoyed it. Um, you have to put it into context of, you know, when this movie was released and, uh, and the crime still being kind of a an open case or a cold case at that point. Um, but which actually it's kind of crazy to think about cuz it wasn't even that far removed from the last killing i believe the last killing occurred in 91 and this mm-hmm. comes out in 2003 so only 12 years later um but uh you have the ending with uh detective park um no longer a detective which kind of uh goes back to what you said Harry, about um you know him maybe him not being cut out for this role. You know, we don't know if we don't know at what point he leaves the police force and becomes a salesman, but, um, you know, it, it wouldn't be a, uh, a leap to assume that seeing his inadequacies in the handling of this case and them being unable to close this case, that maybe he felt some guilt and, uh, and decided to um, hang it up that, that this was not yeah. the the calling for him. So um,
2: yeah. oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I mean, that kind of goes into, you know, before the, the final time jump scene at the end when, you know, he's in that uh, card or in the train and he's, He's mm. trying to stare into the eyes and that's the way he uses his method of Sherlock Holmesing it per se of just staring yeah. into someone's eyes and knowing that they did it. And he has that moment of like, he can't tell. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I look at that as like the moment he realizes that, you know, this, this life, you know, combined with everything else is just, it, you know, I need to find another line of work because it's just, I've, I've lost, you know, whatever confidence I had in order to do this uh, role yeah, yeah. Per uh,
0: and you know what i, I kind of glossed over that but yeah going back to that scene in the um the uh the train tunnel uh or at the the mouth of it anyway um where uh so kidnaps the alleged suspect or was it so or was it yeah it was so because then park arrives with uh mm-hmm. the the results um you know that was that was uh a pretty well done scene as well um because really, so the the guy that at least I have been rooting for, because he's kind of the most upright one, kind of the one with his head on straight out of this uh this group, um, he's kind of at his wits end, and uh you know he he really thought he was sure that this suspect was the perpetrator um, and then when Park comes in with the results of the uh, DNA testing. And it says it's inconclusive that, you know, they're not able to determine if this is a match with the suspect. Then My he kind of just loses it. Too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great tension. And, uh, and you know, seeing so kind of to uh, kind of just it, it hits him like a ton of bricks. And all of a sudden, you know, he he changes and he kind of becomes the one like what I had mentioned earlier where. where it almost felt like they were just trying to wrap it up at that point because um they just wanted it wrapped up. Now, I d- I don't know if that was so's intent or if it was just that he was so far down the rabbit hole he convinced himself that this was yeah. indeed the killer regardless of what a piece of paper says. But uh but yeah, he he kind of loses it um in the climax and uh uh and goes off and you know the they end up letting the suspect go, um, but at that point the damage is already done. Park realizes, you know, his methods have not been adequate, um, so is kind of at his wits end and uh, with the case. Um, and then we we do a time jump. Um, fast forward to I I believe two thousand three, right? Present day. Yeah, yeah. Um, Give or take. So then we see uh, detective park uh, on a sales call and he's driving uh, along or he's, he's in a van uh, with someone driving along the road near the scene of the crime where the first murder took place. And uh, he stops out to go and uh, check out the, the little area where they found that body initially and kind of reminisce. And um, I thought, uh, Number one, um, it was very I, I really kind of enjoyed that that twist of the knife where, you know, he runs into the uh, schoolgirl and she was like, oh, yeah, somebody else was just here. And, you know, he was doing the same thing. It's really weird. And it's like we just missed the killer. Like, you know, Again. It, it wasn't yeah. that far removed. But, yeah, it's that all these years later, the game of cat and mouse is still going on. And uh, the the perpetrator slipped through our fingers again. So that was interesting. And I thought that was a a nice touch. Um, And then also the movie ending with park, uh, because again, in the context of when this was released uh, in 2003, the killer had not been caught in real life. Um, And it ends with him kind of staring back at the audience, almost using his, uh, his method from before uh Mm -hmm. looking at the audience's eyes to see if the killer is amongst the people watching the movie so i thought that was a brilliant uh little touch um so that's it as far as the story goes for me uh just some additional notes and then I'll, i'll hand it off to you guys um i thought the score was absolutely incredible uh the composer was taro iwashiro uh there, there weren't any tracks that are super memorable. You know, it's not like it's a superhero theme where there, like, there's a main, a main theme or or march or whatever that's going to stand out. But it was, it was moody and atmospheric all the way throughout, and it totally underscores what's taking place on the screen, which is what the score is meant to do. Um, you know, there, there were times when I would just catch myself uh, kind of soaking in the ambiance of whatever was going on in the scene. And then I would, you know, uh, my ears would perk up and I'd pay attention to the score. And it's like, oh man, this is, this music fits so perfectly here. So uh really good job by uh, Taro Iwashiro. Um, lighting. I I thought the the, there was very low brightness and contrast in this. Uh, yeah. The best, the best way that I could compare it to is that um, it was almost like watching this at a theater with a bulb that needs to be replaced. It just <laughs> it had a dim look about it, uh, and it, it took away from the presentation for me. It's not – the scenes – it wasn't that the scenes were not lit appropriately. They were – But it just seemed like there was almost like, uh, almost like you're watching this through 3d glasses. There was, there was kind of like a dark tint. Um, and I don't know why that choice was made. I mean, I guess, you know, to, to kind of go along with the, the heavy subject matter, but it's just, um, even in a dark movie or I should say a movie with dark themes, um, it's okay to still have color and brightness. Like you don't need to, to alter things just to beat a point or a feeling over the head. Um, You know, I've mentioned it before Zack Snyder, he'll do this or he did this with his DC movies where he just kind of bleached over everything and everything had this washed out look. And it's like, dude, I get it. You're going for a certain tone, but at what point do you start taking away from the presentation and this this kind of slightly took away from me the um this dimness um so that's it as far as the technical stuff goes uh interesting postscript to this the real killer actually saw the movie um i believe he was in jail when he saw it uh serving a uh, a sentence for another crime that he committed an, another murder and um he actually uh admitted to these crimes in 2019. Uh, I believe that was after they were able to verify uh, his DNA, um, which was some DNA that was found on the scene of some of these uh, crimes. So um, kind of uh, chilling. Uh, I know someone had asked Bong about this um, and he, he kind of had like a non-answer because it was, it was recent to um, them Finding the criminal and and he confessing and uh, and this was in 2019 again and uh, Bong just kind of said you know I I need some time to reflect on this because you yeah. know even though he wasn't necessarily related to the crimes per se uh, no personal involvement with them I mean when you spend so much time diving in and researching you know I'm sure he was putting himself in the head spaces of the actual people that lived through these events. Um, You know, finding the killer and and bringing some semblance of closure uh, probably made him feel a certain type of way. So, you know, I I don't blame him for that. Um, I will give my score after all of your guys' thoughts. I know I covered a lot of ground there with kind of the second half of the movie and some technical aspects of the film. Uh, Hans, how about you? Did you have any thoughts about the second half of the film and then, uh, uh, you know, anything
1: else? No, so like I, I kinda said earlier, I, I did mm-hmm. think that um the second half I, I was more interested in than I was in the first half. But uh I, I the ending I just wasn't too high on because I, I don't know whether or not I'm just being picky, but I I'm I'm more a fan of movies that kinda get this stuff wrapped up and solved. Now, mm-hmm. you know, I I have seen Zodiac. We know like they still haven't caught the Zodiac killer after however long, but like um I, I just I kind of almost feel bad for all the characters where they're like, you put them in your shoes where you're like, you've done, you've pretty much broken yourself and your morals and, and putting everything you have in this case. And you think you have it down and you're, you know, you, you don't solve it. And you, and it, it's, it basically tears you up to the point where you have to change careers. And, and you're just, I I want it, I guess, maybe somewhat of a happy ending, uh, I guess a way to put it. Um, now, I, I do understand like you like you had pointed out when he looks into the camera and Park looks into the, the the camera and looks at the audience. Um, I, I thought that was a really cool thing to do. Um, I want it a little more wrapped up with the story. Now, I didn't know this was a true story at the point where like there was like you know there was actual factual stuff around this. Um, mm-hmm. when I when I initially watched the movie, um, but you know I. I mean, like I said, maybe that's just me being picky. Um, I'm not, you know, in terms of like open ended kind of movies like this, I'm not necessarily saying that I don't like it or like don't like them or where it kind of leaves it open. Like, take Inception, for example. Like, a lot of people, that movie's like throws a lot of people through and it leaves up to like your own imagination. Um, But I I, I just think up until the point where um, so almost kills. The one suspect in the drain, and he and he runs in with the test. That was, that was where I was like really into it, and then the ending just, it just you know it didn't it didn't land it for me. Um, but yeah, I mean uh, everything else, I I, I you know I, I enjoyed how you know I this wasn't very twist and turny movie. I will say there's one part in this movie that really terrified me, which was when I I don't know which murder it was, but it was the one where there she's walking in the field. And I'll, and you see in the corner of the field a head pop up and it's like a figure. And I didn't know, and I'm like, wait a minute, is that a head? And then it shrinks down and goes down. I'm like, and I got like chills. I'm like, oh, that's, that is terrifying. And then uh, like two minutes later, when the, like he he runs at her like Gollum and, uh, and, and go and try and goes to kill her, where he just run the, 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 the suspect runs at the killer. Runs at the camera, and I like jumped back. Like, oh my! I was watching on my laptop. I'm like, oh my god! Like, it, like, kind of terrified me. And then, yeah, the head thing. I was, like, I got chills. I didn't like actually like jump, but I'm like, ooh, like, like, I could never imagine that. I'm, I'm never in a field dark at, at night in that dark. But you know, just if I was in that, I would just give me, would give me the heebie jeebies. So yeah, I overall, I mean, like I said, I, I mean, I. I in terms of my rating, I would go like three out of five. Um, I maybe make the case for like a three and a half, um, but definitely just, three I, and
2: a half, probably four.
1: no, I, I, no, nah, nah, I don't think so. Are um, hey, you sound like me with a whale. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not saying it, it isn't a bad movie. Um, I, I, I nowhere good place to like start. it's it's not a bad movie. It, it's a good movie, but I I don't. I just wasn't as. Kind of captivated into it. Uh, going back to one thing that you mentioned, Greg, with the technical aspect of it, that is a great comparison with the bulb in the theater, especially like the old school reels. Um, that's what it looked like. I remember it, a specific theater that I worked at that was like really run down and had some old equipment in there. Um, that's what every movie looked like. So uh, it was, yeah, the, the darkness took it a little bit away from me. Um, hey who makes these movies that it's like Pitch dark it's hard to tell when it's raining Especially at night I don't know like Who does this it's impossible I don't know who that who, how you can how can you make these Movies even in this modern age I this mod. Who, <laughs> who does that So Yeah so I, I would go I, I My my initials three Out of five maybe if I Watch it again that's a big if I could probably make a case and, and look At it from a different lens maybe Three and a half but we'll see Okay. Uh,
2: Hair. Yeah. um, I just kind of wanted to go back a little bit um, to what Greg was talking about. Uh, The tunnel shot is an all timer for me. Um, I just Mm -hmm. love uh, that scene. I think it was on um, maybe a poster or something for advertising the movie. Um, But I love that whole, you know, last whatever it is of, you know, kind of taking place in the uh, in the 80s um, with that whole build up to the tunnel shot obviously the train um the dna results you know and do we have the killer do we not you know and then you know relying on old-fashioned uh staring to see if that works um for it not um, i'll say
0: too one one other thing i forgot to mention with that scene is when so fires the shot and this the suspect goes down and you don't know if he's been hit or not like i yeah. held my breath i was yeah. like did he get hit? So yeah. that that was uh another tense scene.
2: Yeah. Um whew, yeah, taking taking me back into it. I love it. Um you were mentioning the score, Greg. The score felt very eighties to me. Um it kind of had it kind of felt like it put me into like 80s movies, but not like fully, but like just had odes to it with within some of the uh some parts of the score um to kind of really pull you in there for it. Um, in regards to it. Uh, yeah. I mean, you guys obviously talked a little bit about, you know, the ending and, you know, uh, I'm sorry, Chris, that this was shot in 2003 when they didn't discover the murder for 16 years. So they had to leave it (laughs) open-ended, make it Um, up, make it up. (laughs) All right. Sounds great. Uh, interesting. Um, you know, this guy's a good writer. He can't write a good ending. Come on. (laughs) Uh, he can, you've seen him write a good ending. Come on now. Don't, don't, don't be a hater. um, and uh, Greg, going back to what you were talking about when I was reading a little trivia of the movie, um, in, a, in the real-life case, four suspects supposedly committed suicide after being falsely accused and tortured by the police over the course of the investigation. Wow. Um, and in December of 2019 eight of the original investigators were arrested and charged with various crimes related to abuse of power, uh assaulting suspects, yeah. falsifying evidence, and illegal detention. So you know just goes to show that uh you know I guess justice you know was served in in multiple ways here so um because again not not condoning those things, just you know um those guys run over it's their shame just prepared. all around. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, <clears throat> this, uh, Yeah, but uh, I'll throw it to Greg for his score. Um, I'm, I'm happy uh, I was allowed to uh, bless you two with this movie. Uh, this is a five-star for me. Um, going back one quick second to the... Uh, I don't know if it's because I watched the Blu-ray version, and I don't know if the streaming version is just a little more degraded, um, but I, I feel like the movie had like I feel like there were bright spots especially during like the daytime um but I don't know if it was because of the where they filmed it if it was that look of graininess um as well that helped you know uh helped guide Chris's thoughts on you know the darkness of it but um I enjoy different styles so that didn't bother me uh I think as much as it did you guys and I didn't feel as though it wasn't that bright but again maybe that's watching it on streaming as opposed to the actual physical media, maybe a little bit um, some retouching, you know, uh, with the re-release there. Um, but yeah, this is a, this is a five star for me. Absolutely love it. Um, no, no notes for me on this one.
1: One thing and, and another, I did look up some, um, some facts too, like just about like some of the, the, the real life case. And mm-hmm. Harry, when you had said like there's eight investigators that were fired for the case. It turns out that um, shoe cover sales went down a lot after they got fired. So mm. um, sorry. Interesting. That was, a, that was a, that was a bad joke. I'm sorry. Well, I just let,
2: yeah. I let this, you, you had us in the first half. I'll tell you that much. You really yeah, had yeah. this. Uh, I did some research. <laughs> that, was, yeah, so. that was
1: a good lead up. Oh man. Um, yeah. <laughs> that just came out like mashed potatoes. That was bleh.
2: but But yeah,
1: I mean, I, you know, and
2: again, uh, just this movie released in 2003, you know you could have told me it was released in 2015 2018 um and i would uh, i would believe the uh i don't know 1986 just the, 1986 i just believe uh that it that it holds the test of time in regards to uh you know feeling lived in and feeling like a uh a fantastic movie to me
0: for sure um, well, I, uh, fall right in between you guys. I'm going to score this four stars. Yes. I'm going to score this four stars out of five. I think, um, and maybe it is due to the streaming. I don't know, but that, that, uh, general darkness or dimness, uh, yeah. kind of took away half a point for me. I just, I found it a little annoying. Uh, but you know, the movie itself, fantastic. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. Happy that you chose this one because uh, no this problem. was on my radar. Actually, you put this on my radar a while back, and um, I just I, I hadn't gotten around to watching it. So I'm happy that you kind of forced my hand, so to speak, um, because this was a very enjoyable movie. So for Get me, any it. movie, uh, yes, for me, any movie four stars or better is a great movie. So this is a great movie. Um, okay. Well, let's move on to our second film, uh, Hands. You had mentioned in the uh, in, uh, the intro to this segment that you had chosen this for me, and that was uh, The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. Uh, we're keeping it in the aughts, as this was from 2007, and it was directed by Andrew Dominic. Um, You know, I was really looking forward to this one, uh, genuinely. Um, I, I swear I can remember as far back as when this released in theaters, like you have always been about this movie, hands like from jump. Uh, so, um, you know, hearing you, you talking it up. Uh, That's shocking, I,
2: shocking for Han He's He, he rides <laughs> I, for, for his things
1: usually no, i'm like yeah. all over the place with some things like i'll be like i i and i not to go off the track a little bit but like i i'll go look on like facebook memories and i'll see stuff where i'm like oh like holy s, yes, like oh man <laughs> transformers dark of the moon what a great movie and then next year later i'm like man transformers revenge of the fallen or whatever one and oh man they really topped it and, and then i'll go back and like just cringe because i'm so annoyed and i even i did that with with a Nolan movie with Dark Knight Rises, because I put, I put, I remember watching, like, oh my God, man, what a great end of the trilogy. And then I watched it again, I'm like, oh, like, oh man, what was I thinking? That's but now I'm not, I'm not trying to take. like bring Nolan into this, but I, I'm just saying. And <laughs> then, but I see myself where like all the time, where like I'll ride for movies initially when I see it. So for me to say like I've been riding for this movie for 15 years, almost 16 years, is like, that's, that's, that's a, a great accomplishment. No. Yeah. I, uh,
0: totally agree. Um, you know, it, it shows that this, this really struck a chord with you and, uh, and, um, you know, I, I, again, genuinely looking forward to watching this because I knew, you know, you were so ride or die for this. Um, in addition to, to having a very solid cast, uh, within that cast, there were some standouts for me. Um, Casey Affleck as, uh, Robert, bob ford um paul schneider as dick little uh don't know why he wouldn't just go by richard um and <laughs> and sam Shepard, uh, who played frank james um they were the actors that i i just really uh i thought uh knocked it out of the park sam Shepard uh, as frank james he he had uh, kind of a, a short uh amount of time in the film he wasn't in it super long but uh, liked his performance, but the other two had uh much more extended roles. Obviously Casey Affleck was the lead um, Casey Affleck. Interesting, interesting choice here. Um, you know, I think part of it was his acting. Part of it was the role. Uh, and part of it is knowing that he's kind of a crap human being. Uh, based on some of the stuff that he's done before. but he was just super unlikable for me in this movie. And I guess that was kind of the point, you know, Jesse James, in general, in history, but also in this movie, is kind of romanticized a bit. Um, because there's always, you know that that lure of the outlaw lifestyle and uh, you know, even, even though it's totally different from Robin hood, there's, there's a bit of, uh, again, romantic romanticization um, about, you know, robbing, robbing the wealthy and all this stuff. Meanwhile, I mean, these guys were thieves and murderers. So, yeah. <laughs>
2: um,
0: so Casey Affleck as, as Bob Ford, I mean, starts out as one of the, uh, the, the gang members uh, of the James gang, mm-hmm. but, Slowly, kind of, um, his perception changes and he he grows to despise Jesse James and eventually wanting to kill him. Uh, but again, throughout that, I just I found him super unlikable. (laughs) So, job well done, Casey. Um, some of the other casts, though, I don't know that they were the best fits, even as I was watching the um the film, I just thought other people would probably be better in these roles. Um, So humor me as I do a little bit of fantasy recasting. Uh, Brad Pitt as Jesse James. um, I think, you know, he did a fine job, uh, much better looking than the real Jesse James. Um, But I don't know. I just, I looked at this and especially after, his performance in Banshees. I just thought, man, I think Colin Farrell would be a much better fit in this role Hmm. Uh, and looks more like the real Jesse James. So, you know, I don't know, I guess maybe 2008, what was, I guess he had already done Daredevil at that point, so maybe Colin Farrell wasn't at the uh, the peak of his career anymore at that point. Great but. performance.
1: I'm going back to my statement, <laughs> what I said before, Colin Farrell is a great performance in Daredevil. Uh,
0: but I feel like he really could have knocked it out of the park with this, because he, you know, Brad Pitt, uh, he plays this role uh, as Jesse James, kind of, um, with a touch of madness, but mainly icy, and I think... Uh, you might get the flip side of that with Colin Farrell. And, uh, again, I just, I don't know. I think that might've been better. Um, also would recast, uh, both Jeremy Renner and Sam Rockwell, which is crazy. Cause I love both of those guys, but I do not feel they were used to their full potential in here. Um, for Jeremy Renner's character, Wood Height, who is the, uh, cousin of Jesse James, I would actually go with Tom Hardy. Um, renner was just almost a non-factor in this movie like not a ton of screen time to begin with but the times when he was on screen and this is gonna sound harsh almost zero charisma i don't know if it was the role or maybe because i mean he wasn't that early in his acting career at this point he was younger but you know he had been in the game a little bit but uh I, i just I don't know. I don't know what it was. I don't think he was right for that role. Uh, for some reason I see Tom Hardy in that role and I think he could bring more to it. Uh, but he also might've been a bigger star than is warranted for that part at this time. Anyway, just something that crossed my mind. And, um, Sam Rockwell's character of, uh, uh, um, uh, Charlie, uh, Ford, um, he, he look i love sam rockwell but again i think uh i always feel like he was underutilized or maybe he wasn't um acting up to snuff in this film it's just uh it was a very subdued role like when i look at him i i really like regardless of genre or um subject whatever like he always kind of dives in and inhabits a role and really knocks it out of the park. And for this, he just did not do it for me. Uh, I think towards the very, very end of the movie, he started to stand out. Uh, But throughout the vast majority, um, it was just, uh, it was kind of plain Jane toast with no butter. Um, And I, I started thinking to myself again, who would go in this role and who would knock it out of the park. And I think Paul Giamatti, would have actually been a better choice for that role. And I think he could have done something to, uh, to make Charlie stand out a little more um, within uh, this movie. Um, I absolutely hated the narration. (laughs) I know, you know, it's, it's a device and some movies use it. Some use it to great effect. I'm looking at you Shawshank. I know that's another one of your faves hands. Love it in Shawshank, but here, it just felt like an audiobook. And look, if I wanted an audiobook, I would have bought an audiobook. I just, there was a lot of narration and it was, uh, it was not the least bit entertaining. Um, it felt like I was on a guided tour and someone was reading that to me. And it just, uh, it did not click at all. Um, Those are my initial thoughts. (laughs) So kind of a mix of, of some good and bad Uh, hair. I'm going to turn it over to you. Uh, Mm. How about you for initial thoughts on uh,
1: the assassination of Jesse James by the coward, Robert Ford? Yeah. You have to say the whole name.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'll just go Jesse James. Um, No, but uh, I think I saw this movie with Hanratty in 2007 Um, there's a good chance that that happened. Um, but I know, the. I
1: I think I remember at one point I said, Jesus Christ, does this piano ever stop?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um. (laughs) Yeah, it does. It does go on. Um, but, uh, yeah, I haven't seen this movie since 2007, so I I revisited it, uh, for the pod. Um, so thank you, Henry for that. Um, so the director, Andrew Dominic uh, is, uh, most famously known, I would say for most recent movie, uh, Blonde. Uh, which oh. Anna de Armas did earn a best actress nom for um, but that's about as uh, much uh, credit no. I think as That the does not speak being well given to him. yeah for for the movie he also did a couple episodes of mind Hunter and he also did another Brad Pitt movie called killing mm-hmm. him softly um, from uh, I guess many years back um so that that just to throw that in otherwise he hasn't really done too much um, so we're counting two Brad Pitt movies. Um, a couple episodes of a high prestige TV show uh, and, you know, now a movie that uh, critically uh, hasn't gotten well reviled. reviewed for him. <laughs> yeah. um, this is also produced by Plan B, uh, which I believe is Brad Pitt's producing company, which usually has pretty good taste with these things. And sometimes Brad Pitt is in them. So, um, you know, there's not a surprise there. Uh, cinematography is done by the the legendary uh, Roger Deakins um, and uh, it shows Uh, With this uh, in regards to it, um, you know, I'll talk a little bit about the score. As Chris mentioned, the piano continuously playing. Um, I thought the score for this movie, I think it's I think it's fire. I think it's I think it's a it's a jam. Uh, It's one that kind of gets stuck in stuck in the crawl a little bit Um, in regards to it. uh, You know, Greg, you mentioned and, and it was kind of interesting revisiting this movie, you know, with obviously Brad Pitt and Casey Affleck and just. Watching a movie with actors where you know, I, like I said, I know I, I'm a Babylon head, um, and Brad Pitt's in that one as well. But it does, you know, I guess one of the benefits of watching this film is that it's uh about two lowlifes or two people who you're you're not really supposed to like. Um, in a way, you know, Jesse James is obviously notoriously known for, um, you know, criminal activities, uh, you know, and and. Robert Ford looks up to him in a way until he doesn't. Um, you know when they have that uh, intense dinner conversation um, in regards. So that's kind of where it turns for Robert Ford's love for him. Um, but yeah, it, you know the what I what I remember about my first viewing is I remember enjoying it, but I, I remember not being struck by it. Um, I think there were moments of it that struck me. And, and this second rewatch um, many of the years later, I was really, I really enjoyed how slow the movie is um, in a way. But as you mentioned, like I, when I say slow, I mean with the performances, like there's not a lot of action for, for a Western type movie. You know, it kind of reminds me uh, there's actually a movie called, I think slow West, uh, which was recently released a couple years ago. And there's not a lot of action in that one either. Um, so yeah, this I mean, movie, for a
0: movie about a uh, a gang of outlaw. thieves, yeah. they have one robbery, right? Yeah. Just the train yeah. heist, and that's it.
2: Yeah. So, and that even mm-hmm. isn't you know uh, a shoot 'em up. It's more you know successful, but not successful to the what they're stealing. Um, so, and, and it kind of takes place at the tail end of Jesse James. I, I found Brad Pitt to pre- be pretty captivating as Jesse James uh, as the character. Um, every time I felt like he was on screen, you know, it was all eyes on him. Um, I found, as you mentioned, Robert Ford to be uh, absolutely uh, uh, hateful when watching it. Like, I don't like this guy, you know, uh, you know, don't meet your heroes, kid, I guess, in a way um, with this as well. Uh, movie, um, your your fantasy recasting is, is interesting. I'd be interested to see if they ever remade a. Uh, Jesse James movie to kind of include some of those characters. Um I didn't think Renner and Rockwell were were too um I felt they might have been underutilized, like especially given their names. Um and I, I was kind of while you were talking about it, I was kind of looking at especially Rockwell, like I don't think he had hit the highs as of yet. So mm-hmm. I, I wonder if this movie helped catapult him in a little bit of a way. Um, you know, because it is also funny to think about this is a movie that's, you know, sixteen, fifteen, sixteen years old. Um, and kind of being like, Oh, all these movies these actors did after that. Um, but yeah, it's beautifully shot by Deacons, um, you know, with uh, especially that opening kind of train shot. Um, and it looks amazing. Like it it's hard for me. And, you know, another Deacons movie which I didn't like this year, just to divert a little bit, is Empire of Light. Um, but Deacons makes that look like a million bucks. Uh, but that movie's pretty poor. Um, so, but anyway, I digress. Uh, but yeah, I'll throw it to, uh, to Hanratty, um, before we get too far into it. Um, Hans is obviously your suggestion. So, um, take it away.
1: Um, so if you could see, <laughs> like, I've been like, I've been smiling, but my, I, of course I'm having camera issues, but, uh, I, you know, I've been smiling this whole time. We've been, we've been talking about this. Um, Uh, so, you know, I, I, I've been on record saying this is probably in competition to be what my favorite movie of all time. Um, uh, first things first, I want to step, uh, I I mean, I guess I'll address like kind of just some of the casting with this. I love Brad Pitt in this movie. Um, I, this is his favorite role that he's done, um, out of his, he's been on record to say, um, he was very supportive of this movie. He would not do the movie unless, it was called Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. Had to be all of that. So uh, when we continue to talk about this, we should respect Brad Pitt and his decisions. This movie would never have been made. Um, or at least it would have been uh, whoever it would have been. Um, I love – I love. this is my favorite Brad Pitt role um, outside of the Oceans trilogy. Um, I, I, I think he's great in all three That's of those movies. That's a lot of ground to cover. I, there's a lot, and, and look, I, I how many times have I mentioned Bullet Train in the past couple of weeks? Um, yeah. that, that's a that's a that's a Pitt movie. It's um, a pretty
2: uh one one note performance from him in that movie, though. So I um, think yeah, it good.
1: Is. it really is. <laughs> um, but love it. Uh, so yeah, but and, and going with Casey Affleck, and you know the the character the character of Bob. I, I you're you're supposed to find him annoying. You're supposed to find him at like just not. He's not the he may be the main character of the movie but he's not the protagonist um, and it, you see his relationship I love his relationship with Jesse where Harry you're right don't meet your heroes because um, they're probably going to try and kill you at some point or you <laughs> know they just they're not who you think they are and he re, he tells all the time how he reads these stories of, of the James brothers and the James gang and, and basically realizes that's not true Um, a lot of the stuff is just like the real him is not is not who it, it's who's in front of them not who we read about um, I I can't I, I think Casey he was he was the outside of Oscar nominations he was best supporting actor and then deacons for cinematography which Deacons I, I as I said with my feelings on the awards this is probably where my downfall of the of thoughts of the award um, process Deacons not winning is is an absolute travesty in this country Um. Two thousand
2: seven was a strong year, though, if I remember. But they
1: did have, yeah. They there will be blood in no country for a man. All right, I might might let this one slide. <laughs> Two more um, of
2: your favorites. That yeah, <laughs>
1: no man, that's my. my this is a good year for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, the train shot with um with Jesse or I, I think Jesse's sitting on the train tracks and the smoke comes up and you have the light from the train. Deacons has said that's that's the highlight of his career. Like that that that's his favorite shot that he's had that he's done. Um, Did he give that quote in two thousand seven? Yeah, yeah. Before he did everything else. Um, Yeah, I just there's something about this movie that that you know I watch this and I remember watching it saying like this is like you know this is a great I I love this movie, but I Harry unlike you like since you haven't watched it since two thousand seven I've watched this movie easily over fifty times. Since yeah, you know, I bought it on DVD. Um, this was before the streaming days, and you know, I I would watch this movie all the time. Um, I I think it's interesting with you bringing in like Colin Farrell for um for Jesse. I think he might have been too young at the time. <laughs> like he was kind of like I don't know. He's probably I know Jesse's supposed to be in his thirties, and I think just pe- like I I think he would have looked the same age as um as Bob a little bit. I don't know. I maybe. But um, in regards to Sam Walkwell, Rockwell, Rockwell, I, I this and his other um, where he was like a, a cowboy type southern southern uh, crazy person was the Green Mile, which I think is um, my favorite, maybe my favorite role of Rockwell. But it is a very toned down version of his Green Mile character, and he's not like a, kid, a murderer, but he just has that like that personality. Um, I, I think he I think he brings a lot to like he's a very calm Sam Rockwell in this and he, he's almost like a throughout most of the movies like a frightened character because he knows he knows who Jesse really is and I think a lot of his performance is based around fear and he's not as outgoing or goofy because I think he's afraid because he knows what the, the the James gang is all about um so I, I love I I love him being in this I think he, he kind of played that well height like Renner I I I can see where you're coming from. I, I I don't know if I'm just being biased because I love the movie so much. And I've seen it so much where I can't imagine anyone else in the role at this point. But I, I think it's interesting. I mean, he doesn't have – white uh, Wood doesn't have too much to do in this movie other than, you know, he, held, he gets shot in the head violently um, out of nowhere too. Um, so I, I – yeah, I, I think they're interesting recasting. Um, I just – I like I said, I, I, I've seen this movie so much where I don't – I can't take anyone out of this role and imagine anyone else in it at this point. Um, I just think it, it, it's a beautifully shot movie. It's subject matter that I don't even know if I cared about any of this in 2006. Um, that got me into uh, – it got me into like the Western um, – the western genre like this another great western came out this year 310 to yuma with um mm-hmm. Bale and uh russell crowe which i another one i love then we got you know a couple that. other ones you can even say like there will be blood and and no country for old men like mm-hmm. this if this you were eating good if you liked western type <laughs> like these type movies um but yeah it just there was something that kind of captivated me in this movie and like i i <laughs> I'm going to be definitely going to be in the minority here in terms of narration, but I've read you are not the only person in terms of like critics have said they didn't like the narration in this movie. Um I enjoy it. I do think in some points it 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 is unnecessary, but there's there's a certain point in this movie where I think the narration is done like is done beautifully and adds so much to the story of it. And it's a part where, and once we start breaking it down a little bit, I'll get to it. But I know there, there, a lot of people have had a, a problem with the narration, and I think the guy who does it actually does the audiobook that this movie's based on. So that might, it might, I don't know. He he has that kind of voice. He also did, I think, narrate it Wyatt Earp and Age of Adeline. Um, mm. so he does like a couple things, um, on his resume for, for narration, um. But yeah, I, I, I can see maybe where that would be a little bit of a, a distraction at some points. Um, fun fact, there's a four-hour cut of this movie that exists somewhere that was, I believe, shown at Vienna Film Festival, uh, possibly. Uh, before I die, I just need to see that four-hour cut of this movie. I don't care about – I don't need to see a, a nine-hour cut of the next Avatar movie or anything. I need to see the four-hour cut of this. Um but maybe yeah. for
2: the twentieth anniversary, just make it the twenty twenty seven. Maybe they'll drop. Now, I might planned.
1: write a letter, to like Plan B or something. And be like, "Yo, just show me. I, I need this. I need this four hour cut." Um, well, I for one would personally like to thank you for not making me
0: track that down and watch that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. I, it's got to be somewhere. I, I know they said that it's only been shown a few times. Entire, and I think, like I said, I think Vienna was the only one. But a lot of people, I, I'm afraid to watch that because a lot of people have said that it tested poorly with audiences and that's why they cut it down by like an hour and 15 minutes i, I don't know i yeah.
2: also would have felt like rewatching. i i would have felt it would have felt different to me if it was like let's just say uh brad pitt and casey affleck jesse james and bob ford are like writing in journals and describing like what the next because like all it does is kind of transition to the next scene so I, I wish there would have just been some other way to make it not seem like so like, I, Someone's I don't want to reading like, you a story. Yeah. But also like I'm at a history and then museum.
0: Jesse like, ate mama's apple bottom. pear yeah. pie, And it was autumn. And it's, it's like, right, I don't think yeah. any of that happens. I think it would have been,
2: I think it would have been an interesting direction to have maybe the actors who are, are playing the two main leads of the movie, um, you know, or two main characters of the movie, uh, involved in it in my opinion but
1: maybe i liked it i enjoy it i think it adds a lot to like a a lot to some of the scenes where i guess you're saying like in the journal you know people write what they think in journals but i think like i think the narration adds a lot of the the mentality of what the the characters are thinking in certain points now yeah there are some where it's like jesse bob and bob and charlie stayed at jesse's like jesse's house like yeah we get that part like i I can see where it is but i think there are points where you're you're seeing characters on screen but there's also a lot of i guess they're adding a little they're adding the characters thoughts to what they're going through in these like tense situations yeah also uh uh
2: for cinematography that year uh there will be blood one yeah that um, should (laughs) have and deacons was up for two nominations for this film and for no country for old men so uh, he what had two out of five? What is that? Uh, forty percent chance uh, well, of taking it home. So
1: you're not going to beat. There will be blood. That's yeah. I no. would
2: agree with you on that. But yeah, uh, yeah, beautifully shot. I mean, uh, in any other year, maybe
1: I uh, would have taken it. Yeah. All right. Well, Greg, what what else did you get? Do you got on this? Um, I went through uh, some well, of my initial stuff.
0: Yeah. So so just to kind of touch on the Deacons thing, it's funny because throughout the movie like it just shot after shot was standing out to me it's like oh man this mm-hmm. is just absolutely gorgeous you know beautiful as you guys described and so i purposely waited until the credits to to see who the cinematographer was and when deacon's name popped up <laughs> damn yeah, of course he did it again <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Makes Deacons! laughs> I'm, what so, did he what did he finally win for was it Blade Runner? I think it 1917? was nineteen seventeen. Nineteen seventeen. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Pretty sure. Another good one. Um, that dude. That dude. Should yeah. Have Twelve Oscars by now, and he's got one. Yeah. It's a crime. That's a that's a
0: good point. Uh, but yeah. So he. Um, I, I mean, he just he did miracle work. Uh, well, not miracle work, but um, you know, it, it just it was it was a gorgeous movie, um. As far as I'm not gonna dive too much into story stuff, but um Harry, you had mentioned uh the dinner conversation, um, the one where uh I believe they're they're at the um the Ford's house and Yes uh, after
2: after Renner's like killed, there's kind of like right. uh that's like the next big scene.
0: Right. So so Jesse shows up uh and and he's also oh. already kind of slapped around their younger cousin. Um, Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was a really good scene because you could just kind of see Jesse in real time pushing the buttons of Robert Ford and uh, and him just uh, Bob Ford that is uh, just slowly, you know, getting eaten away at until it's like, okay this guy like that's no hero. Like, I hate this guy. Um, Yeah. So, you know, and those, those gears were already in place and everything, but, uh, but this, <laughs> it, it was a really, uh, well done scene. And just also to kind of touch on, you know, my, my recasting notes from before. I mean, look, I thought Brad Pitt was fine in this. I wouldn't, I don't think he stood out because I, I didn't mention him, but, uh, but I think, I don't think the performance was bad either. It was, uh, it was adequate. Um, so mentioned the the that it was beautifully shot i do feel uh and this kind of harkens back to the uh, the four hour cut um i felt this was way too long as it was
2: um two hours and 40 minutes
0: yeah i just man i feel like they could cut down on a lot of the james gang stuff jesse going from like person to person with cummins and little and all these dudes and the whole story with height who You know, doesn't even have that much screen time to begin with. Like, what are we doing here? It's just its it's all filler.
2: Yeah, it's almost told like a play in a way where it's like, here, we're going to shoot the scene where he goes to visit this character. And then we're going to cut to some narration. And then, you know, uh, we're going to cut back to the next scene where he's arriving at the dinner. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, I I like it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, clearly. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, hey, look, I mean, that is for some people, but it just um, it doesn't. I don't know. It, it To me, it did not serve the story adequately. If you're going to go into uh, detail and, and keep things at a slower pace, at least make it interesting. And it wasn't for me, you know, like it. As as you guys were talking about this, um, or or going through your points, it kind of um, I don't know why, but like power of the dog popped in my head, mm. and that is like a slower paced movie. You know, yeah. there's not a ton of action going on there, but I was really drawn in through the majority of that movie, and you know, comparing that to this, it's like, well, you know, why why couldn't this do the same for me anyway? So I I don't know. Um, just felt like there was a lot of stuff that could be trimmed down for me. Uh, so,
1: some of the oh, go ahead. No, and I was to say like I guess with the length and I I think the first time I probably watched this, I probably may have thought the same thing where I did I thought it was a little long, but mm-hmm. after you know watching it so many times, like, I I think there's a lot of the, and you guys have mentioned before where there's only one robbery and it's not like an action packed scene or anything where like this isn't necessarily about anyone's not like a biography it's the fall of the james gang and i think that's where it gets into the mentality where like all the all these stories kind of like all the little stories that they have and even the one with like with dick little who when he sleeps with um wood heights uh mother-in-law or whoever it was the the um Mm -hmm. his father's new wife yeah it was it was uh stepmother i think stepmother yeah i'm saying yeah stepmother Mm -hmm. so i you know i i think all all those stories are like little things that like kind of are building up to what's causing Jesse to basically lose his mind and, and become paranoid. And it gets to the point where you start learning how the Fords have no other choice, but to kill Jesse. So I, I I guess from a story point, I see it as there are a bunch of little stories that add up. Could some of it be, be cut out? Sure. You can cut anything out of any movie and it would, you know, but I think that with it being so long, I think those stories do add to the overall plot of the downfall of Jesse and his like his mentality. Um, but you know, like I said, I well, just all my points are probably because I'm biased and I've watched the movie a lot.
0: No, and I, I think that's a good point. And you know, it, um, one scene comes to mind in particular when, when you bring that point up, and that's towards the beginning after. Uh, that initial robbery Um, uh, Jesse sends Wood and Charlie home and keeps uh, Bob there just to simply move his furniture and to your point yes that's a good scene for um, Bob thinking he's special and then just being used basically for grunt work um, but it's like, that's an extra five or six minutes that we did not need because then you go through the whole conversation in the barn with Bob talking with wood and, and Charlie. And it's like, well, how come he kept you blah, blah, blah. And then you get out and Jesse sends him pack in, and then you see him, uh, moving stuff in the night. And it's like, great. Yes, it does add to that point, And it's like one of these little things that just adds up to the resentment uh from bob to jesse but um but can i get that through other storytelling without that scene and i feel like the answer is yes
1: um i mean and like like, you know i i guess it's i i i can see i can see there are little parts in this movie that 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 happens where there there are a few little scenes where it doesn't necessarily like it doesn't need to be in there um so I I do see your point with that. Um, you know, I, I guess I look at it as I think it just gives a little more, probably just more time to shine for Casey and Brad, and hmm. that, that's probably maybe what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I well
0: know. we're we're gonna keep that long train running <laughs> because <laughs> there's another uh, section of this movie that I I just felt was almost wholly unnecessary, and that was the.
1: Uh, post uh death of Jesse James uh oh, we're gonna have some we fun go talk. into I, I, saw, yeah. I saw I saw I saw both your notes so uh, we're, we're gonna have we're gonna have some chats
0: uh I mean all right so you know first we go into the whole what happened with Jesse James and he was uh he had his funeral and everybody attended and they took tin type photographs that are still being sold in shops and all this stuff and he lives on in infamy great okay so then we move on to bob ford and his postscript and there's like an additional 15 minutes and it okay now he's performing the play about him killing jesse james and now he's famous and now uh all of a sudden people are starting to go back and they think he's a coward or you know what he did was ignoble which you know debate it all you want whether it's just it it doesn't matter to me whether i think his he he made the right call or whether he had the right motivations for making that call but uh that just goes on i did find the um which i alluded to earlier the part where charlie starts to kind of uh resent bob um i found that interesting uh but (laughs) that was about it uh and then we go into the whole scene with um Bob in the bar, and some nut comes to to hunt him down, which the reasons weren't wholly explained. I guess the guy was just
1: sour grapes at uh, Probably the another death Jesse of Jesse
2: James, super fan. Yeah, like all, yeah, this exactly. is like the
1: eighteen hundreds. They just killed people for like you walking on their lawn or something, and, and people were you just shot them like so. Yeah,
0: but that's but this was premeditated. That that's right. the way I'm it was saying, framed. At least uh, so. people were
1: killing everyone. They didn't even need reasons, but.
0: Right, but, uh, okay, so the bottom line is, there's, yeah, there's a whole mess of this postscript, and it's like, you know, Return of the King gets a lot of crap about having an ending that just goes on way too long, and it's a series of endings, and I don't agree with that, but I do feel like that happened here, and all of this, like, dude, if there was one time for a narrator, break it out right here, or, like, put some text up on the screen, like, hey, They went on to perform this play for 15 years. Public sentiment actually turned on Bob Ford and, you know, his brother ended up ending his life and uh, uh, Bob was eventually shot in a bar and boom, we're done. Like, why did I need to sit through another 15 minutes of this movie for stuff that could have just as easily been wrapped up? Because I, I don't feel what we got on screen was worth the time that I spent watching it. It just okay. it, it felt wholly unnecessary um, I don't know it, I have, a quick, you know, I have you, a quick
1: I have a quick follow-up okay. question and before sure. I turn it over to Harry so sure. I, I, with that where would you have ended this movie if you were making this movie where would be the ending point well
0: right there I I the death of Jesse James and then throw up you know two or three paragraphs summarizing okay. all this extra 15 minutes okay
1: all right
0: okay so I don't know. That's it just, it, it was one more thing contributing to an already long movie. Um, I think overall that there is a good story at the core, but it was just executed very clunkily. Um, you know, there's, there's, I'm not going to say there's a bad movie. It's not, it's a, it, it was a good movie for me. It was enjoyable. Um, but I just, I, uh, it didn't click all the way, and I think that there were some things that that could be improved on. Um, oh, one other thing uh, which I forgot to mention earlier, and um, I will—I uh, <laughs> uh, just want to tag it before I pass it off to you guys. But um, talking about the director here, um, uh, Andrew Dominic. Uh, you know, I don't want to—I'm I'm not going to call him a hack or anything, but like the very opening scene. And I don't know if it was, you know as a as a nod to this being a scot-free uh, picture, but the very opening scene is Jesse James in like a wheat field, running his fingers through the grain. And I'm like, dude, this is like an exact shot ripoff from Gladiator. So that that like right away started me off and it's like we couldn't come up with a better thing to differentiate that i don't know it was just it was a really thing weird thing and you know if it
2: if it hadn't been from terrence malick of him as well
0: yeah and it's like dude if if this hadn't been a scot-free production or whatever then you know maybe i would let it slide but it's like all right is he just trying to pay homage to his boss or like what's the deal but it was it was like Almost to the t, similar of some of the shots in Gladiator when Maximus is is doing the same exact thing.
1: Anyway, a, neither a here fun nor there. fact. A fun fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ridley Scott. Uh, you know he him and uh, Pitt were fighting for the four hour cut, so he probably mm-hmm. really wanted that cornfield shot in there. So a lot more. Yeah, I mean, there's there's, there's
0: probably like the extended cut probably has ten minutes of it, and
1: That's there's fine. just
0: narration with him walking sifting wheat grains through his hands. And it's a lovely time. I'm laughing but right now. Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully <laughs> I didn't have to sit through that. Um, I'll get back to my score after I pass it off to you guys. Hands. I know you are chomping at the bit uh, for some repartee. <laughs> so have, have added. No, but, sir.
1: How are you, you? You've, you've been a minute. You, it's been a minute since you talked. So <laughs> what other thoughts Ooh. you got on this? Um, If you so, want to cut into the, the, I know you had some notes on the ending. Well. Oh, I mean,
2: and- I, w- I don't think my notes are the same as Greg's because oh, okay. I feel, I feel as though like I, I do agree with Greg and like m- my, my second re- rewatch of this movie, the thing I take away from this is like, I think there just needed to be a better hand on this direction wise. Um, so I think if you have a more proven director or a more established director, I think this probably is buttoned up a little bit better. Um, or even made longer and met, meant to feel more impactful. Um, you know, we talked about some of the narration choices. I think that could have been different. You know, Greg's mentioned some cuts that could have been made with some certain areas, um, you know, or even the last 15 minutes. Um, I, don't, I don't mind the last 15 minutes, minutes that much. I mean, I, I did mention in the notes, like, did we need that? Because I think, you know, if you talk about ways to go of like, hey, how do we shave 15 minutes to get it down to a cool, you know, just under two and a half, um, or just over two, you know, you can make the case for that. Um, but I think what that, what that second, um, ending for lack of a better word does is it kind of like, he's basically killing his hero or who he thought was his hero. And it it turns out that there's only one Jesse James. Do you know what I mean? It's not you, even though Bob Ford thinks, you know, Robert Ford thinks that, and, You know, the the, as, as Hans has mentioned with the title, the movie is Jesse James and Robert Ford. Um, so I think, you know, finishing up his story, this is where I think, like, as I mentioned with the narration, like, if you have like two journals where it's like mostly Jesse James, you know, for the movie and then turn it over to Robert Ford in the last 15, you know, would have made a little bit more sense, um, you know, to me, um, in regards to it. Uh, but, I you know like I said I, I feel as though the more I talked about it like it felt a lot like a play um it's just I really feel as though uh cuz there's a lot of good scenes it's you know well set up by Deacons probably when he shot it it's just I feel the direction from the director Dominic and like I said the reason why I gave his whole kind of you know small small IMDb you know spiel is because it ain't that great um You know, I don't think Killing Him Softly was well received. You know, I love Mindhunter. I don't know the two episodes he did. um, Mm -hmm. You know, and I haven't seen Blonde yet. So I'll let that uh, speak for itself when I see it. So, um, but there's a lot of things that I enjoy about this movie as far as, you know, the, the soft tones of it. You know, I think this kind of brought in an era of you know movies that you know hey we don't have to have a western you know you mentioned 310 to yuma hands we don't need to have a 310 to yuma um we can make a different kind of western movie um you know and do it that way so um it's great kind of, vibes yeah like i i love the vibes in the movie. yeah um and i find i find the uh like i said the the whole robert ford looking up to jesse wanting to be jesse But he ends up killing Jesse and then he's not thought of as a hero like Jesse James, you know, because there's probably like what I don't think Robert Ford realizes is that there's more than just him who loves the stories of Jesse James. Do you know what I mean? And, and, you know, you talk about back then it's like you shot him in the back. You didn't even, you know, duel him or fight him face to face, um, you know, in regards to that. So, well, not only um,
0: that, but he simultaneously seals Jesse's infamy right yeah, uh, yeah, because yeah. of all, all the stuff that happens and he also seals the fact that he's not going to be famous because yeah. he has fame but it's short-lived it's fleeting and people turn on him public yeah. opinion turns and hey, look i i know who jesse james is i've known who he is all my life i never heard of robert ford until this movie right so <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> sorry rob sorry bob uh, mission uh failed <laughs> yeah but um, you know, uh, I'll you know my score for this is uh, you know, uh, three three point seven five uh, stars. I kind of cheated a little bit per usual for me. Um, mm. and I could, you could argue four because I think there are strong performances. You know, I, I know Greg didn't like some of the side characters as much. Um, but I kind of really dug them because, like I said, it's kind of strung out like a play to me where you know they give them the opportunity to shine. Um, but I think with a b- better director uh, or better hands on this um to throw it to hands um i think this could be easily a 4 or a 4 plus so um hands I'll toss it back to you
1: so i i i want to go back to like just to talk about the ending i endings sorry and no the ending to this movie endings or whatever <laughs> is my favorite part of this movie like is mm. is it's it's a very so there's a lot of debate, like, and I and you know I've seen on like Reddit or whatever or like movie things where like people discuss about this movie where is like is it an ironic title like so it's it's the public how they perceive him as a coward of, of Robert Ford killing Jesse James and with the title uh, you know it's assassinate Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford I I don't think I don't think it would give it justice to just end the movie when he's assassinated and then I think they I sh- think with how much they spent with them, I, I think it, it you had to see what the fallout would be because you, I mean, yeah. it doesn't just to put it in words and say like, Oh, you know, he did multiple, did hundreds of, of performances. I, I just, I think to, in order to see it because, you know, he thought he was doing the right thing. And, and it even, even let's bring up that a good old narrator. He says he, he, he even he, when he's talking to Zoe Deschanel's character, um, he says to her, he says, you know, I was 19 or 20 at the time. He's like, I thought there would be applause. And he thought that, you know, that killing, uh, if you want to call him a villain or whatever, however, a, a, band, a, a, yeah. a, a terrible person, he thought that a lot of people, like, people would be applauded and he'd be much more famous. And I think to see that downfall of like, he's in a packed theater of seeing him kill Jesse James, which he said he killed Jesse James hundreds of times, to that point where he's, he's at his top. And then he just basically gets to the point where he's bragging and wants so much out of this and wants to be famous that not only do you see it um like it it's hurt him, but you know, Charlie kills himself. He wants he writes letters to Jesse's wife apologizing that he doesn't send. And I think it's important to show I thought it was important just to show Bob just to see his downfall of you know at this point, this was the most important part of his life was killing yeah. Jesse James. And I think even if it was like 15 minutes, I liked how they added on. And I think the narration adds on so much to that last after once it kicks in, after he's talking to Zoe's character, once it kicks in and they talk about how there's no eulogies for Bob and people aren't lining up to, to get pictures of him. That is like, it's a very like with the, with the, the the music and the narration it adds like just like a, a haunting like image of, of Bob and I think it it it's such a, a you know I don't want to say like a sad story but it's like a, it's a heartbreaking kind of thing where he you see him like just struggle every day and I you know I just I think it, it's it's a very interesting way of saying like how – like it shows the like the, the difference between when Jesse was killed versus when Bob was killed. They say Jesse, everyone was so sad and people were crying in the streets and, you know, you know oh, he was going by a different name at the time, so Mr. Howard, but it came out he was <laughs> Jesse James. But to see like basically no one cared that Bob died and I think it was like kind of a, a, a tragic ending for this character we followed for this whole movie where – you know he's seen it, it gets to that point where he's shown as a coward, and whether or not he was like he was just trying to survive. He knew it was either he was going to kill Jesse or Jesse was going to kill him, and he took the way of being like, you know what, I got to do it. Like I, I'm not, I'm not risking it by putting it to death. I don't know if they did duels back then, like in that time. I don't know. Achoo. They might have. They might have been. they, might they have probably been put, did. They might have been putting the duels away. I don't know. I'm not sure. But I, I don't. I, I think Bob just looked at it as, as surviving, and he was afraid he was going to get killed. So, I just think for to see it in perspective, to see it, I just thought it was. I thought it was necessary. Um, but again, maybe they take that 50 minutes and cut it off somewhere else in the movie and keep that part on. But I, I mean, there's times where I listen to just I. I've watched that clip of just the ending. If I'm not going to watch the whole movie, if it's on YouTube. I've watched that countless times and i just think it's that's my that's that whole sequence is one of my favorite things and i think like even with like the way deacon shoots some of it is is it it just adds more like tragedy to this to bob's character so Bob got my rant. deserved.
0: well okay so i look i'm not gonna argue that it doesn't add nuance because it, it does yeah. it does add some nuance um to uh these characters especially Bob and Charlie but again do i feel that it was worth was it time well spent disagree and here's here's why i think they should have cut it where i said um because if you were going with um you know kind trying to drive home that point of hey Bob's Bob's fame ran out it didn't last it wasn't he wasn't made immortal like he thought he was going to be what better way than to just put the text up and be done with it it's like Jesse James still remembered to this day as one of the all time famous criminals in the history of the country Bob James never talked about boom like simple and effective um you know I, the other thing with Bob too is uh it <laughs> look, yes, he killed Jesse James, but motivation, uh, it wasn't out of, um, any altruistic mean, uh, meaning like, you know, he wasn't trying to stop this notorious thief or murderer. He was just doing it to cash in and get rich and get his fame. And it's like, well, that's, that's not a hero of the story. So yes, Jesse James, not a great guy, probably deserved what he got, but guess what so does Bob um, you know he's he's not doing what he's doing for the right reasons and he's no angel either this is a guy that had Jesse given him whatever he thought he was going to get from Jesse whether it's respect or you know uh, whatever um, this guy would never in a million years have thought about offing Jesse James so all of yeah. that is like you know I don't I don't need to see any more nuance or glorification
1: of Bob Ford, because in my eyes, he's just as bad as the other guy. I don't think there was glorification in that last. I think it's kind of like I just I think I thought it was important to see the fall of Bob. Like I and we didn't get the whole movie of it. I mean, the whole movie wasn't his. I think that last 15 minutes just to show. Now, you know, I I don't think it necessarily is his 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 initial reaction was killing him would bring him fame. It was out of survival, but then he cashed in on it. So I, I think that's, you know, I think it was survival first, but I think it was important just to show. I, I, I don't know. And that's where like, I think we're, we're, we, we definitely disagree where instead of like, I would, I, I enjoyed seeing Bob's downfall and he, I'm not hmm. saying he didn't deserve it. I mean, yeah, he's, a, he's just as bad as Jesse was. He wanted to be Jesse. He just wasn't as famous as Jesse. And, you know, they both got the same fate. Um, I I just appreciated it a little more that we got to see it and get to see how Bob wanted to. After he realized his fame was running out, he thought it'd be important to go to like the families of people that Jesse killed, and that didn't have that didn't have the effect that that it that it did that he thought. So I think he was like it was more of a perception versus re- like a perception ver- expectation versus reality. And I like to see, I like how that caught up with him where he thought he can just live a, he got to the point where he was just living a basic life, but you know, someone hunted him down and found out where he was, who he was and you know, got what he deserved. Another thing too, is when he says like they, the last thing is where he says he's he was laying on the ground, finding the words to say. I thought that was ironic too, because I think Jesse knew, Jesse knew he was going to get killed and he knew what Bob was going to do. And you know he chose his last words wisely, which was that picture's awfully dusty. And Bob was, I think, at that point wanted to be like Jesse, where like as he's dying, wanted to try and find the right words to say before he died. So I thought that was kind of a, a little twist on it. I just I took
0: that as he was the the opposite of jesse and that he was a loser and he couldn't come up with <laughs> that and that's i'm sorry
1: that's what that's <laughs> what i meant to say like where like the opposite like he wasn't trying to beat like uh, yeah, yeah i think he wanted to say something but like, right right he, but you know he didn't but like, he's an idiot is,
0: and couldn't get it out
1: right yeah so um that's yeah that's what i was you know i didn't say he wanted to be like jess but it just he couldn't so right
0: yeah um Okay. Well, I I just wanted to add one other slightly – I mean, not slightly, but uh, just a a little fun note with this before I give my rating, and that's that I have a slightly personal connection to Frank James. I'm not related in any way, but um, I used to spend a lot of time at my aunt and uncle's in Independence, Missouri, and 100 yards away from their house is the Hill Park Cemetery, and that is where – Frank James, Jesse's brother, is buried, um, hmm, and I that. used to play in there. Yeah, dead serious. I used to play in there in that cemetery all the time when I was a kid, as well as as well as the park because it is attached to a large park. The cemetery is very small. There's maybe ten graves in there. It's very tiny, and it's literally like a twenty foot by twenty foot square. So it's not like I was dancing around on graves or anything. I was going to say, like did you? But, did
1: you- did you accidentally like trip over like Frank's grave and be like ah oh, man <laughs> sorry sorry I
0: buddy. I did not but even from a young age yeah I was always told oh hey Frank James is buried there Jesse James brother and I was like oh that's cool and then you know watching this it's like oh wow I've been to that guy's grave like his eternal resting spot so uh, you know, it's, played, it's always played, nice to.
1: I played hide and seek behind his his headstone.
0: <laughs> it's it's always nice to uh, have a little touch um, and connection to to history, especially famous history. So that is nice cool. place. Um. So as far as the rating for this movie, uh, I am going to give it three stars out of five with an asterisk, and the asterisk is. I reserve the right to revisit this in like 5 or 10 years after I've given it some appropriate time to digest and I think maybe if I do give this a rewatch further down the line I might I might come away with a higher score on it. Um I think maybe I I and I'm not trying to to blame you whatsoever but I know how much much this me- movie meant to you. So maybe I went in with higher expectations than what I should have. So um I do think uh, further down the line, I'm going to watch this, rewatch it. And uh, I think maybe it'll, I'll lean a little more favorably to it. But as of now, three out of five. I'll take uh,
1: it. So hands, I, I'm sure I know where your score is going to go, but lay it on us. What do you got uh, for this brother? Five out of five. If you could actually, if I, again, <laughs> if I was on camera, I have my um, infinity gauntlet where you can adjust the fingers and I have <laughs> nice. them all up. I have them all up to five. I'm showing it to the camera, which you can't see, but it's five for me. Five out of five. Okay. And hair. Yeah. For me, uh, like I said, I think
2: 3.75 almost a oh, yes, four yes. uh, because I, I do think the, I think the performances are well done. uh, looks beautiful. That kind of gets it to three stars for me. And, you know, there there's a lot of stuff with, you know, uh, looking up to heroes and how do you define a hero and how do we define history and how do we remember history um, that I think the movie does a really good job at kind of addressing, um, even if it doesn't, you know, have a uh, w- isn't well directed, in my opinion. So um, but otherwise, everything yeah, around I, it, I thought, is is well done.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, look. We can all agree mm. that there's there's definitely some interesting themes going on in the yeah. movie. So and
2: I was gonna say I, I had it three point five in my letterbox for my first time in two thousand and seven. So um yeah, right right on there, maybe a little bit higher that in might. my estimation. Um change the narration. Let's uh re record that in uh you know, twenty twenty three. So Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, at this point, you guys have all gotten a spoiler spot. But as of right now, if you're interested in watching those movies, uh, Memories of Murder streaming for free on Hulu and uh the assassination of jesse james by the coward robert ford streaming
1: for free on hbo max the spoilers I say free, literally in the title of the movie so
0: <laughs> well yeah there's that too um all right well uh that wraps up never have i ever seen uh the first edition of 2023 uh hands anything for the peeps
1: no, uh, you know, thanks for listening. Um, you know, because I, I did this and I tried to get creative, I broke the infinity gauntlet that I was using, so I gotta <laughs> oh no no. To fix that. Um, so that's great. He's not that. Um, I know, <laughs> oh, I'm nuts. Uh, no, but yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, anything you guys want to hear us talk about? Uh, just let us know. Um, I think we're gonna have some fun topics come up in the next few months. So um, you know, just thank you for the continued support and uh, go birds hair anything for the peeps
2: yeah hopefully next time uh we're talking to you guys uh we have the eagles as super bowl champions uh i guess we'll find out which way greg's leaning um but i hope you guys have a good two weeks i hope you guys enjoyed this episode um you know we'll see you for the next one that we do for this uh whenever that'll be so i think it's my turn i think i'm up so uh if i'm not mistaken so i look forward to that to seeing movies i've never seen son of the mask not doing that (laughs) love it
0: love it um everybody uh be nice to each other there's my jerry springer (laughs) ring Mm. uh love you guys be safe have fun go see a movie uh go birds go chiefs and as always make sure you live spicy spicy